0: Hey everyone, Steve Kim here. Welcome to the Be Great, Be Kind, Steve Kim Experience podcast. I am super excited to have Marissa Sheff, the owner and founder of Sock Footage with us today. It's an absolutely incredible business. It's an incredible way of giving back, being just an amazing human being. Um, Marissa, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share with us your experiences as the owner and founder of such a tremendous business and you know what, the first time I came across it, I actually thought it was a charity. So uh, Marista, I'm super honored to have you here. Thank you
1: so much.
0: About who you are. So Marista, for the people who don't know who you are, tell us who Marissa Chef is.
1: Yeah, so I'm just a regular human being <laughs> <laughs> trying to do my little piece of good in the world. Um, but essentially my, uh, my company was started because I used to work for a very large stock manufacturer Uh, for about five and a half years and during my time there as a corporate account manager I learned something that most people just don't know which is that socks are the most needed and least donated item to homeless shelters Um, so essentially the reason for that is because um, homeless shelters will not accept used socks or underwear for that matter and so when you think about donating to a shelter often you know, you kind of go through your closet at the end of a season to see what you might give away, but often it's used clothing, you throw it into a bag and you uh, drive it over to the shelter. With regards to socks and underwear, you never think of going to the store, buying new, and then dropping it off at the shelter. So oddly, there's a shortage in that area in terms of supplies, and when I learned that, I wanted to be able to help out, um, use my experience in the industry and my relationships uh, with different suppliers to be able to give back. Um, wow. Giving back has been an extremely important component in my life. Um, I volunteered at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health for about five and a half years working wow. at their library at Queen and Osington. Um, actually I was working there on Monday nights playing board games with their <laughs> clients and um, The library was an open space that didn't feel like a hospital and it was um, open to people off the streets as well. So uh, not just the clients of the center. And uh, what I sort of took away from that experience was that people that were coming in were coming in to socialize, they really craved connection and conversation and just wanted to be heard and seen. I think we talked about this uh, early on. but. I heard a crazy statistic on the radio that um, homeless people only hear their names about four times a year.
0: That really blew, blew my mind. Yeah, that it's blew that. me away.
1: But but when you think about it, it makes sense because you know when you're passing people on the street, no one's really taking the time to connect. And so that was sort of the foundational idea behind my business um, when I decided to leave the sock company. Um, I wanted to find a way to combine, you know, all the experience that I had from there um, with an opportunity to give back, but also to reconnect with community. So um, the, the business is basically an online sock subscription and retail store. And uh, the model is a one-for-one giving model. Um, Pre-COVID, the idea was when you buy a pair of socks, you get, we give you a complimentary pair to donate back to the homeless community. And consumers have the option to either have the donation sock, which is this gray um, men's basic cotton sock, shipped out with their order um, to be able to give face to face so that we're creating that opportunity or touch point to have that visual impact of the giving and the receiving. Um, or if you know people weren't as comfortable to give face-to-face we had arranged to donate on their behalf in which case we partner with charities that redistribute the socks to homeless shelters this is all pre-COVID okay. um, so now obviously during COVID we're less um, sort of we're, we're trying to keep everyone in a safe space and so Uh, not as encouraging people to donate face-to-face, but we still want to make sure that those donations are getting out to people in need. The homeless community is an especially vulnerable population during the pandemic and even pre-pandemic. So we want to make sure that we're still getting those supplies out um, to the people who need them on the streets. And so we've partnered with um, a charity called Ve'ahavta, and they actually have a mobile outreach van that continues to circulate the city, distributing supplies to people on the streets. So that was really important that um, I let my consumers know that the donations are still getting to people in need, and they need it now more than ever. Wow. You know, with limited access to um, everything, really, um, you know, they they really could use our support. So.
0: You had shared with me, and I think that's such a tremendous, a tremendous initiative. And I think it's something that right now, more than ever, like it, it, people, everyone has to know about this. Everyone has to hear about this message. And just, you know, you've taken you've taken your passion of giving back. You've coupled it with a great business. One thing you shared with me was, you know, the first thing, one of the things that we spoke before getting onto the podcast was, you know, Steve. I, my product exists in, I think it was the, the Bay, I think you had mm. mentioned to me, and that although it exists there, the price level is still the same with regards yes. to kind of a, a competitor. So really at the end of the day, like you're taking, you're taking out of your bottom line to support, you know, the disenfranchised communities uh, in and around Toronto. So I think that's such a tremendous, such a noble and tremendous initiative that you're spearheading.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really, the idea was, I didn't want people to think that they were paying extra for the donation socks exactly. because they're not. And yeah. so, you know, they're given the choice, if they're given the choice to buy the socks from me or the bay. Um, it's the same price, but I'm incorporating the social component, which I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's sometimes important to try and help people push outside of their comfort zones. Um, just to share a little sort of story uh, that, I, that we didn't talk about prior to this is um, about two years ago when I was first dating my partner, um, We I had won a bunch of gift certificates to McDonald's on the radio. And uh, I, I don't actually eat at McDonald's, so I, I didn't want it to go to waste. And so I said to him, you know, why don't we, this was during like around the time of Christmas, uh, I said, why don't we go out and by a few homeless people lunch um and so while i was sort of accustomed to doing things like that he had never done or been involved in a face-to-face giving experience you know it's a lot of people are just comfortable giving money or donating but i think you know what is sort of a little bit more challenging is to go and interact yeah. and it can be intimidating i yeah. i totally get it so uh You know, we we live in the junction we walked to Bloor West. It was a really, really cold day. And I remember, you know, my partner was kind of like, well, are we going to drive there? And I said, no, (laughs) we're going to walk. I kind of wanted to, you know, put ourselves in the shoes of someone that might not have access to all these resources. And so um, we walked to Bloor West. It was freezing cold. And we kind of walked around trying to find people to help. And so, the first person that we encountered was sitting outside of a no frills and um, he was probably in his late 40s and we just said, Hey, you know, would you be interested in joining us? We're going to take you for lunch. And so, we walked to McDonald's with him. um, You know, we bought him a meal. We heard a little bit about his story. And, you know, often what's sort of missed is that the face of homelessness is so different in so many cases. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I think there's a stigma that it's all mental health related or addiction related, which is not the case um, always. And so obviously, you know, that can be a contributing factor, but, you know, sometimes people just fall on hard times. And yep. this pandemic is a perfect example of that. Like, I'm, you know, many people are out of work and, you know, they could have been living paycheck to paycheck before this. And even if they did have a job, you know, they're, they're having trouble making ends meet, which I think, you know, a lot of people just don't sort of put two and two together in that respect. They think it's, you know, someone's lazy or someone's, you know, has some sort of addiction, but really there's so many contributing factors. There's trauma, there's lack of support from family, There's lack of resources, um, you know, I always say that you know, our, life, our lives can change in an instant. Again, this yep. pandemic is such a perfect example. Like You never know where you're going to be. And we all started in the same place. We all started with a mother and father, whether they were present in our lives or not. And somehow, some people took a turn one way and some people yep. took a turn the other way. And so anyways, back to the anecdote. So I took my partner out. We went around for the day. We actually um, took three different homeless people for lunch wow. and then we found ourselves um we hadn't eaten yet and so we walked into this grocery store that was on Bloor Street it's actually like a more of like a fancy upscale prepared food store okay. and we walked inside and we both looked around and we were like what do you want to eat what do you want to eat and then we just both broke down in tears oh, wow. because it was such a experience that we had just had, and it really put things into perspective. And then we felt guilty for being in such a beautiful, fancy grocery store, you know, for ourselves. So it was really um, eye opening moment, even for me, where I've done stuff like this before. And then to see the impact that it had on my partner just made me realize like, We need to be pushing more people into these situations so that they understand how lucky they are. I certainly appreciate how lucky I am and how much, how how many opportunities I've had in my life that other people have not had Um, and continuously doing things like that is such a good reminder. Um,
0: to not take things for granted. It's so, you know what, like that story just gave me chills because I don't know if I shared with you, I was a former school teacher, elementary school teacher for 16 years up in Thornhill. And I remember this is probably about seven years ago. I took my grade eight students. So we always do a social action, social change project. So one of the things uh, was, you know, having the students understand that there are kids their age around the world living off of less than a dollar a day. And so what I remember is sending a note home, telling the parents, don't feed your kids any, anything. Don't start them the day off with breakfast or anything like that, because this is a social project. I just want to see what the impact is going to be. And I said, Come, make sure that every student comes to school with a dollar. And I picked a cold day in winter. Similar story. We walked to the local no-frills, and it was far it was far. I had parents calling me like, you know, Mr. Kim, it's cold. (laughs) Are you sure? And I'm like, yes, because this is the way that it is. We, these are the circumstances. And I remember going to no frills and I put the kids into groups of three and four. And I said, you have three to $4. You need to have enough to sustain you for the day in terms of meals. And just the sheer struggle that the students had had. Doing that, I think, was so impactful. But it was when we came back to school and we we're all sitting in the lunchroom. It was like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. And I had kids just breaking down because it was that realization be like, oh my gosh, we live in a, such a privileged society. We have so many things to be thankful for. Yet a lot of the times we're consumed by, you know, focusing on things that we don't have. And I, th- and I think that's the one thing to this point is one of the greatest, I would say, teaching moments of my life because I still have students coming back be like, Mr. Kim, remember that no frills trip? <laughs> I still remember that to this day, and I'm like, you know what? That's what it's all about. And so, thank you so much for sharing your sh- story. Like very similar parallels, because you know the whole even pay it forward movement for me, and you're going to share your movement um, was just another reason why I was just so fiercely wanting to get you onto the podcast. So, um, you know, I kind of digress a little bit, but let me ask you, Marissa. So, you know, were you were like, were, was there something in your life at an early age that you kind of kind of were exposed to? that helped you to become this amazing person that you are today?
1: Well, first of all, I will say I'm no more amazing than anyone else. Mm -hmm. I literally just feel a responsibility based on how lucky I was in my life to give back because I just, honestly, it weighs on me heavily.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah,
1: um, And so... Um, You know, growing up, my parents were very charitable and very involved in charitable initiatives in the community. So that was definitely something that was modeled to me. Um, I do remember, so I'm originally from Montreal. And so um, at one point I had been laid off from my job there. And while I was taking time to find a new opportunity, I decided to volunteer at a food bank. And that was, I think, to my memory like the first time that I had taken an initiative to volunteer somewhere um and that was really impactful and I think what I took out of that experience was so most people that so we were involved in packing up meals for families and so we were not really supposed to interact with the families that were coming in to receive the meals like that wasn't part of my sort of role there okay. but I remember even just the act of bringing the bag to the final sort of destination to hand off to the person. I had no other like conversation with that person. That wasn't sort of part of my job, but even just having that face-to-face moment where I was able to see who was on the receiving end, I remember being so impactful to me and that sort of stuck with me um, throughout the rest of my life, really. Um, And You know, in starting this business, there's lots of brands that are out there, like Tom's is sort of the most popular one that's known because they sort of created the initial one for one giving model. Um, But my challenge with those companies is that they're removing the touch point of that face to face experience. So, yeah, it's easy for brands to give on your behalf, but, you know, with the age of technology now, we've sort of lost the connections that we have. Yeah. And now more than ever, everyone's craving connection. We can't hug people, <laughs> families, you know. And we, I think now we're finally realizing what connection is and how important it is to all of us, whether we sort of recognize that before or not. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was trying to promote is, you know, um, that touch point, that impact moment, is just so powerful and yeah. without it it's kind of like hey yeah i donated you know i bought tom's shoes and they mm-hmm. donated a pair of shoes on my behalf yeah you, know, you don't get to see who's getting it you, you're missing that sort of aha moment
0: yeah i um, love that that i love that that connectivity because it's such a fundamental component uh in terms of giving because you're right and not to not to knock anyone who's who donate online and stuff, but it does, you do remove that connectivity. And so I, I think it's so tremendously important. So tell, tell everyone Marissa, like your business model, you know, you had shared with me that, you know, with regards to vending machines, like where can people go to find your product? So apart from online. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right now, um, the main place is sockfootage.com. So that's the online sock subscription and retail store. So you either have the option to buy socks individually there. And so we offer men's, ladies and kids socks. So I actually, I brought a few examples to show, but nice. Day coming out, we've got the bacon <laughs> and egg socks. And we also have a section for combo sets. So if you wanted to get um, natural kids and dad, I love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, mom, dad, and kids matching socks. And then we also have some women's socks. So our Toronto sock is pretty oh,
0: nice. Awesome.
1: Um, but essentially the, the primary spot to find us right now is online on our site. Okay. Um, we also offer sock subscriptions. So um, with Father's Day coming up, it's a nice way to surprise someone So uh, essentially you get two pairs of novelty socks each month and they're a surprise. You don't know what's coming. And then um, you also get two pairs of donation socks. So again, when you check out at cart on the site, you get the option to either have us ship the donation socks out with your order to be able to give to your charity of choice or to give out face to face, or we can um, sort of take care of the donation on your behalf. So you have that option and, we, I provided the option because um, I wanted people to feel comfortable around yeah. giving. So if, you know, if you're not quite there yet with the face-to-face giving, you can still feel good about what you've done. Yeah. Um, and people get there. Like, for example, when I, we first started this whole thing, I keep saying we, but it's really just me. Um, when I first started this, uh, I had a cousin order a year subscription of socks. And for the first month, she opted to have... Um, us donate the socks on her behalf and then she called me up on the second month and she said you know what I think I want to change can you ship me the socks next month and I was like of course you know I get so excited when people want to give out in person and so uh, I ended up shipping her the socks she lives in Edmonton and she went out and she took the time to go find uh, a few homeless people to give it to and that actually um Sort of sparked a conversation with these two guys that she had met about what else they would need. Um, and she had a really positive experience yeah. and batted with them for a long time and posted about it on social media, which is kind of what I'm trying to encourage also to sort of break the stigma and create awareness around this issue with homelessness. Um, so our hashtag is actually pay it footward.
0: Okay. Uh, so tell people about that. Cause I, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, playoff of the pay it forward. Right. So which just phenomenal.
1: And The reason why um, the company is called sock footage is again, pre COVID we were encouraging people to get out and give directly. And so what we wanted was people to document footage of before and after giving. Mm-hmm. So not actually filming the person on the receiving end cause we want to maintain their privacy, but um, encouraging people almost to create like a photo diary of did you feel intimidated or uncomfortable? Mm. Were you nervous before approaching someone? Because many people are, and yeah. including myself, by the way. And, um, you know, how did it feel afterwards? Was the person responsive? Did you feel good about your giving? You yeah. Know, a- again, to just break the stigma around um, homelessness because everyone's just human, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. And so, you know, as kind of a a, a budding entrepreneur Mm -hmm. (laughs) with such a great, um, I'm going to say humanity component, just incredibly altruistic, like what were some of the struggles that you had faced kind of starting up this company um, and this vision, like seeing this vision through and not saying that the struggles still don't exist, but what what are some of the, those challenges that really kind of stuck out in your mind?
1: Well, I finally understand why people don't go into their own businesses because <laughs> it really is a mental struggle yeah. for me. I'll be completely honest about it. You know, there's days where it's great and there's days where it's challenging and, you know, it's, um, it's a constant hustle to get in front of people as with anything else. I'm in sales, so I'm used to rejection and people say no to me. Um, but I think you know, you, you certainly cannot anticipate all of the things that are going to come up. So one thing that we haven't really touched into yet is the vending machine. So mm-hmm. um, this past November, I launched the first charitable sock vending machine into Ryerson University. And so the machine follows the same sort of idea as the website. Um, you approach the machine to buy a pair of novelty socks and simultaneously and free of charge, the donation sock drops. Okay. When you make your selection. And so again, I wanted people to feel like they were included in the donation experience, regardless of whether they were donating face to face or not. So the simple act of taking that donation wow. stock from the bottom of the vending machine and putting it into the donation box that's attached to the side of the vending machine was very intentional.
0: Oh and wow. The design
1: of the donation box, it's a plexiglass transparent box that's attached to the side was very intentional because I wanted people to see when they put the sock in that it drops to the bottom and they can see all the other socks that were donated. Um, so there was a lot of sort of um, thought put into how that would look and the experience. And then the other piece of it is it's based on the honor system. So if people want to take away uh, the second pair of socks to give face-to-face, they have that option. Yeah. And really it's meant to empower the consumer to do the right thing. If someone decides that they want to take that sock, that donation sock home with them, that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really like the choice is in your hands. Yeah.
0: Literally. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, I think that that's a very empowering experience. And um, so some of the challenges as an entrepreneur, obviously creating a custom uh, vending machine was completely outside of my wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So, you know, there were struggles there in terms of getting it up to speed that was meant to launch prior to the website, but obviously that with delays, it ended up Mm -hmm. launching afterwards. Um, Unfortunately, uh, There was uh, the donation box was vandalized at one point, but I later learned that it was um, broken into by a homeless person trying to get socks so I actually, my my view on that is someone had told me this story a long time ago. Their their father's pharmacy got robbed, and his attitude was they needed it more than I did. If they, mm. if they were going to go and do that, they needed it more than I did. And that's always been my attitude ever since I heard that. Wow. So, you know, while I was upset that it had been broken into and I had to deal with fixing it and, and figuring things out, I was in a way relieved that it wasn't just a student trying to destroy property. It was someone who actually needed it. And so that sort of gave me some comfort in the situation. Um, But I think as an entrepreneur, there's all these things that you just can't anticipate. And um, I listened to a ton of podcasts (laughs) while I was starting up the business. And even now, entrepreneurship podcasts. That really helped me because uh, you feel very isolated. I never, yeah. I worked nine to five my entire life for other companies, and um, working from home is a really different experience. I'm sure a lot of us are figuring that <laughs> out now. Yeah, um, you know, it has its its advantages and disadvantages. But I think um, as an entrepreneur, it's really important to create a network of entrepreneurs that you can sort of lean on um because it can feel very lonely
0: yeah no and you know going back to that story you know of your vent um, your vending machine being vandalized I, I think it just speaks volumes to the initiative to the platform and i and i just want to say thank you for providing people another platform a great platform to to give back i think that's 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 a struggle for some people as well It's like there are amazing people out there who are just like i, I do want to do things i do want to give back and just sometimes they're, they're faced with the challenge of, I just, just don't know where to go. And so uh, that's the purpose of this podcast is not only for, to promote your uh, in tremendous business, but equally as important is the platform for people to get out and give and do what they possibly can uh, and things. So uh, the last thing we're going to end off with, Marissa, is for those people who don't know where to find you, where do you exist on social media, your website, everything like that? It's your sure. time to self-promote a little bit.
1: <laughs> so um, the website is sockfootage.com. And um, on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And it's all at sockfootageco, C-O. Um, and we have a number of promotions going on right now. One with a local beer company called Red Thread Brewery. Um, so... Uh, we're doing a Father's Day gift pack bundle, so a 12-pack of beer with a pair of men's beer socks. Um, (laughs) I mean, there's lots of interesting collaborations happening. Um, This week, I'm also partnered with um, United Jewish Appeal. Uh, So for every men's food sock purchased online, uh, I'm giving 20% of the proceeds from those socks to uh, UJA's Community Food Share Kit, uh, program, which actually wow. is an initiative to ensure food security for families that are underprivileged. So, um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to contribute. Uh, and I also would encourage people to visit um, Veahavta, which is the partner charity I'm working with right now. The, the, okay. Their site is VEHUFTA.org. Um Because I think you would ask me this, Steve, but um, can people just donate yeah. money? And so for me, they can't, but I would love for them to donate to the charities that I'm working with. Um, so that's one amazing charity that's doing such great work and is still considered an essential service during this time. So they're they're really um, providing really great resources um, for people in the homeless community.
0: What I love about what I love about you and the business is. Although we're we're going through unprecedented times, very, very challenging times. And you shared with me that you're supposed to get married on Sunday. <laughs> and obviously because of what's happening, that's been put on hold. But even though we're going through such tremendous and challenging times, uncharted waters, you're still staying the course. You're still doing what you're doing and you're doing it so graciously. Like now Father's Day is upon us. And you're like, you know what? There's another initiative. I'm going to take 20% of sales on the food socks and I'm going to donate that. I think it's, again, I know this is not the last time that we're going to be hearing from you, nor you and I uh, speaking, uh, but I just want to say thank you so much, Marissa. Any final words before um, before I know you have to get to your busy day? <laughs> well, really, my
1: final word is thank you for giving me the opportunity and using your platform to highlight different businesses that are giving back during this time. Because I think, you know, again, I, I partnered with this um, local beer company because I think it's super important to to support local at this time. There's so many things going on in the world. I think, you know, kindness is showing its face so much during this pandemic and I I find strength in that. Um, And I think we, you know, we don't realize that the smallest acts of kindness really do go a long way. Um, So I don't feel like I've done very much, but I do appreciate the fact that I'm doing my small part. Um, Yeah. I encourage people to get out and do their small part because I think you don't realize the impact that it has. You know, even so this week, I'm I'm about to drop off another 250 donation socks to the charity.
0: That's Um, amazing. That's so good.
1: Hit a milestone. So, um, since the business started, I've donated, or really with the help of everyone else have donated 2,500 pairs
0: of donation socks. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's huge. So that's
1: 2,500 people (laughs) that didn't have socks before or, you know, that needed it that are going to get it. And so even if it was just one pair of donation socks, it really changes one person's life.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Such a tremendous, tremendous milestone. I'm sure (laughs) you're going to exceed it very, very much like moving forward. Like, going to continue to exceed your milestone. So uh, Marissa, thank you so much for sharing your time with us, your incredible story, your incredible business, and just your incredibly genuine human nature and your willingness to always give back and see kind of kindness through. So thank you so much, Marissa, uh, for everyone watching and listening. I will put all of Marissa's contact information in the post. So please make sure you not only check her out, you please make sure that you start buying some of those amazing socks and start giving back. Marissa, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Steve.
0: As always, everyone be great. Be kind, everyone. Take care.